From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Yeah, we are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. The Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. You know what? We should have did this shit Monday. Now, that would have meant that what I did Monday should have been done on Sunday. Let me uh, backtrack, because uh, yesterday's episode was a comparison between the, NA, the NHL and the NBA playoffs, right? And there really was no comparison. It was really clear-cut that the NHL first-round games are better than the second-round games of the NBA. Uh, every Game 7 uh, of, of all the five, seri- of the five series uh, that were up for grabs on Saturday and Sunday were fantastic. And the ranking was just just unbelievable. And even the worst game was probably better than any of the best, any of the best NBA games. But with that said, we have to discuss this. Cause I, it's kind of hard because I'm watching the Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay Lightning right now, and it's been a very good game through two periods. I mean, I mean we saw what – uh, what Tampa Bay did to Toronto, and I talked about that yesterday. Uh, I, I'm going to get the guys' thoughts, and, I, and I, I, I'm going I'm to say this in 30 seconds. We're going to get around uh, a roll call and just get them on because we got to talk about not only our series but the upcoming series, to, uh, the series in the Eastern Conference and the remaining in the West, the Battle of Alberta, the Battle of uh, Florida. I mean, this is a fantastic fucking playoffs, man. Um, Carolina beating Boston. That was a very good game. Uh, we talked about. Um, uh, shit, uh, Edmonton beating the Kings, Calgary winning in their overtime game uh, versus Dallas after Dallas got off to the early lead. Colorado St. Louis is going to be a hell of a game tonight. I hate to be on here for an hour, but shit, I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a carryover. But let's let's talk about it. And of course, our game as series, we had no business fucking winning. I am still ecstatic after that Sunday win and the overtime win. There's so many thrillers and so many keys with our own team. Uh, Keandre Miller was big time drawing that penalty. That was everything for me, man. I mean, it was a lot of key things. We caught a couple of breaks. Refs were trying to screw us at the same time. But, man, so many keys, man. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to get everybody on because I got my keys. Uh, Panera went from zero to hero. I mean, that was a story in the show. Let's get RP on. Let's get everybody on. But uh, if you're not speaking, uh, just mute your line so we can minimize background noise. But Ranger Proud been rating his articles uh, for the last over the weekend. RP, just say hello to the people real quick because we'll lead off with you. Just say hello, bro. We want to get everybody on. How you doing, sir? How's everything? And I, I, I can't wait till we talk this upcoming series, man. What, I, what's going through your mind, sir? How you doing? We'll get everybody on. Hey, guys. I'm, I'm doing great. Looking forward to the next round. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> Just like that, huh? Just, uh, don't want to rem- reminisce you, Pittsburgh and stuff. You said, you said to you said to, to keep it quick you're right, and sweet. You're right. You know, I, I'm on a limited right. time basis tonight with my schedule because I got to get some sleep before the next game and all. So you know how my schedule yeah. is. So uh, I'm gonna follow that. your rules, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you on that. Let's get Glenn. Glenn, say hello to the people real quick, man. This is crazy. Yeah, hey everybody. Uh, everybody should be happy listening tonight. Um, you know, Steve, you said we didn't have any business winning that series, but Frankly, at the beginning of the series, I don't think we had any business losing that series. So, you know, it, it might have worked out the way it was supposed to anyway. Right on, right on. Scott, say hello to the people, man. How you doing, bro? Who? 
Uh, who'd you call on? I didn't have a name. Scott. Okay, yes. Ah, hey. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, real quick, I uh, would like to pull up the transcripts from last week. And uh, I remember <laughs> somebody here said a couple of things. Uh, the first thing that was said was, at the beginning of the show, and I quote, <clears throat> uh, what the hell is wrong with you guys? Sounds like a damn funeral in here. Uh, I see a team that's 15 <laughs> wins away from the Stanley Cup. I don't know what the hell you guys are watching. Now, it's not important who said it, but that same uh, very knowledgeable, dashingly handsome uh, young analyst also later in the show toward the end said something along the lines of, next week we're going to be sitting here talking about who we're playing in the next round. So that is my opening thoughts. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Hey, let's get Carl on. Hey, Carl, what's up, man? How you doing? What a difference a week makes. Yeah, yeah man, one game at a time. It had, this, it had the cap series written all over it, man, when we were down 3-1. I knew it was it looked bit bad, but we caught a couple of breaks, man. But looking forward to your thoughts as well, man. Um, let's start off with RP, man, because RP, there's so many angles for our own series, and, now I wanna, and then especially uh, these other series going on. But what did you take out of the series versus the Pittsburgh Penguins as far as uh, games 5, 6, and 7, and also, um, you know, Everything on your mind. If we go to Glenn, go to Scott, go to uh, Carl. I want to get everybody's thoughts because I, I have my thoughts with you know Keandre Miller, Tammy Panarin, the Zabinajad uh, goal after it looked like confusion on the Pittsburgh side when uh, Lafreniere took the helmet off, and that's where I thought we could uh, go ahead. RP. Let me. All right, really quick with that one. It's the Penguins' own fault for not knowing the helmet rule. He didn't have to come off the ice. He could have went and put on his helmet. He didn't even need to secure the strap onto the helmet. He went to the bench. So that, that's on them. That's on Sullivan for not knowing the rule. Crosby crying about it was the absolute worst because they lost the game. Actually, they didn't lose the game there. It was the tying goal there. So a lot could have happened afterwards. So to me, that's just excuses. The, the Rangers did something that was never done in NHL history. They came back in three elimination games to win all three games. That's adversity. Those guys found the will to win in the elimination three games in a row. Chesterkin found his game, and this whole series turned around when the top players, Zimbanejad, Panarin, started helping Kreider play the game that we all knew they could play if they put it together. So I'm not, I'm not worried about who took what penalties and, and breaks because both teams get breaks, and both teams need to earn a power play or an opportunity to get a power play or an opportunity to get a scoring chance. And the Rangers put their heads down and led by the kids' line, who I am definitely love that line because of their heart. They may not score and they may make their mistakes, but when that line was out there, and I don't know if you guys felt the same, you felt like, damn, we're going to get something going here. We're going to build a little bit of momentum at the other lines, hopefully, and eventually they did, started progressing and getting better. And I think a big thing that we haven't spoken about is Gallant, was pretty much stern fast, and I disagree if you can, the wrong guy. He didn't want to change his lines because he had that theory, these are the boys and these are the lines that got me to where I am. But in game seven, he mixed it up a little bit. He moved for Toronto off the line. He put Lafreniere up. He did different things to get that tying goal, and then he went back to his ways early in the overtime. So I think the team learned how to handle adversity. I think the coach realized that changing a lineup isn't – a bad thing, but it's something to jumpstart your team. As a whole, I think they're a better team going against Carolina 
than they were when they started in Pittsburgh. And I think that's the most important thing I took out of it. They found a way and the will, and they know that they're never out of the game. Even though the games three and four were horrendous, they, they learned from it in a short matter of time. They, they learned, you know, they were down 2 nothing in game four. I think it was 2 nothing in game five. They were down 3-1 or something in game four. And every game facing elimination and all the odds against them, they found a way to come back despite bad penalties, despite bad calls, despite crybaby Sid bullshit. They put all of that on the side and as a team found a way to win a huge game. And, I mean, you know, we could break down and analyze the games and this and that, but at the end of the day, it's that will to win. And if you talk about learning experience and, and all of that, what better way than on-the-job training? This is a playoff team now. And if they lose the Hurricane Series or if they win the Hurricane Series, these guys, if this group stays together, you could see the potential that's there. And, damn, I would love for them to put the C on Kreider right now. But we can wait till next <laughs> season for that. <laughs> C on Kreider. Uh, Glenn, uh, what are your thoughts? What do you think out of uh, uh, the series win over the Penguins? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not totally surprised, especially with how some of the things went, but I wasn't expecting it. Uh, you know, I, I was one of the guys uh, at the funeral uh, last week that uh, was figuring <laughs> that uh, we were done. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I mean, this team, we've been talking about the resilience of this team every year. Uh, you can see they believe in it. They they never think they're out of a game. They never think they're beaten. Um and, and uh, you know, this experience that the young guys have had, uh, the, the big guys coming up in the, in the last two games, coming up big and stepping up when they were needed, uh, just Sturkin playing, uh, you know, bouncing back from those couple of terrible games and, uh, you know, finding himself again. Uh, I mean, this team grew up a lot in the last week. And, um, you know, the, at this point, you know, this season has been a success. I mean, Everything that we were talking about in October, they've done. But now you get greedy. You know, now, now that they're here, uh, you know, you, you want to see them go further. And, and, you know, you start wondering if this team, uh, besides the, the, uh, the belief they have in themselves and the experience they got in the series, um, that maybe there's a little pixie dust uh, floating around in Madison Square Garden. And, uh you know, I mean, we saw what the Hurricanes did to the uh, to the Rangers all season uh, in the four games that they played. I don't think it's going to be like that. Uh, you know, it's a lot different when you're, uh, you know, game planning for a, a team over the course of a seven-game series. Um, I have no idea how tomorrow is going to go, but um, I think it's going to be a lot more tight checking. Um, you know, let's, let's be honest. I mean, this team got through this series, but – there are still some flaws that have to be worked out. This is definitely a step up in class. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, uh, you know, I think this is going to be a tough, long series. And, and I might not have thought that uh, even, you know, late in the regular season. Uh, but uh, uh, I think the Rangers have a good shot. And, and the belief in themselves, they've, they've made me believe in them, too. All right, cool. Let's go to Scott and get his thoughts. Now, Scott, we thank you for uh, leading the charge at the Garden. And um, if it wasn't for you, <laughs> yeah. the crowd would not have been as loud. 
um, on Game yep. 7, and feel free to give <laughs> me your thoughts on how you saw it while being there, and your thoughts on coming back and winning the series, man, and decapitating Crosby. <laughs> yeah, let me first point out, because, you know, I we, we've all, and, and, and I have brought it up several times over the last few years, been very, very critical of the MSG crowd uh, as compared to, you know, that quote-unquote back in the day, uh, I was blown away. Uh, this was a vintage 90s, 2000s, you know, pre-renovation, pre, even though the price of the tickets were just absolutely outrageous, this was a pre-outrageous price of the tickets crowd. It was it was loud. I mean, I, I told you I was there for, for Game 7, 2015, uh, against Tampa in the third round. As soon as they hit the ice, the place went nuts, and then they shut up, and everybody was just sitting on their hands, waiting for a goal, waiting to be entertained. This was not that. This place blew the roof off when they hit the ice. They did not sleep. We we did not stop uh, when we from from the moment we tied the game in, in the third period there late uh, the crowd nobody sat everybody was was standing the entire time uh, I think they sat down to start the overtime but once we got that power play boom on the field so everybody knew it was coming like we knew it was coming uh, it was just that was a crazy crowd that was one of the craziest crowds I've ever been to and you know we're we're all old men here we've all been to that place back in the in the nineties and eighties and whatnot we we've seen that place in its best uh, this is up there in terms of the crowd noise, was up there with uh, with some of the craziest I've seen that play. So uh, I don't know who was going, who who was there, but this is not the same crowd that I've seen over the past seven, eight years. So uh, get that out of the way. Um, yeah, as, as RP pointed out, not only did they win three in a row, but this team has got better. This team has, has improved. This, this is a, this is a, a different team than they started the series. And, you know, that's kind of Captain Obvious, being it's how they were down 3-1 and then won the last three. But – you know, they won those three games kind of how they've been winning the, uh, you know, the second half of the season as a team, as a, as a more complete effort. Yeah, the last game, you know, Pittsburgh had a lot of shots. It was kind of the Igor show there for a while. Um, but, you know, they, 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 every time the Rangers went down a goal, they got it back. Uh, they kind of t- took their time in the last one. They just a bit nervous, but they got it eventually. And let me just point out how glorious it is. I've been – uh, I've been trolling Pittsburgh sites uh, for the last two days because it's very entertaining. And let me just point out how entertaining it is that they are just screaming about the officiating. Uh, now, I know that we, we've talked about this. Not everybody agrees with me. I think we've been playing against the refs for the first six games, for the first six and a half games. Uh, I think yep. we've been playing against the refs. We've been playing the Penguins and the refs. I think it's always the case with Pittsburgh. Maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Uh, they let a lot of things go. Pittsburgh got away with a lot of murder in that series. And, and, and as far as that last, uh, you know, the helmet goes, you know, it's, it was coincidental contact at best. The two guys got wrapped up and the helmet came off. Yeah, his hand there kind of helped the helmet off. Uh, you cannot call that. That was not even – well below the bar of, of blatant penalty. <clears throat> you know, there's five minutes left in, 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 in game seven. That's, that's a series-ending penalty, if they call it. Uh, that would have been ridiculous, not to mention they got an absolute gift on the high stick goal. But in any case, mm-hmm. um, you know, so they have to let that go. And, yeah, the, the only one to blame is Pedersen. It's not even blaming the rule or lack of knowing the rule. It's not it, – because he didn't go right to the bench. He did the Pittsburgh Penguins thing, and this is this is what's ingrained in anyone wearing that jersey is that when something happens you don't like, you immediately put your hands up and look at the ref. So he could have gotten his helmet. He didn't have to run off the ice, and I think he might have known that. 
and whether or not he knew that is irrelevant. But when he, he the, 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 his helmet was right by his feet, within range. He could have grabbed it. He could have either jumped off the ice then, or he could have grabbed the helmet either. Or he opted for option C, Pittsburgh Penguins one on one, and go wind to the rest. And then by the time he realized, <laughs> in the two seconds that elapsed, when he realized he was not going to sell that call, now the helmet's out of reach. Now he's got to leave. And by the time he goes off and Latang gets on the ice, we've already got that glorious opportunity. Latang, yeah, Latang was kind of in position, but Zidane had already had that open shot when he was in position. So 110% Pedersen, you know, should be hanging his head in shame and blaming himself for, for the Rangers tying that game. And, and they're even whining about the OT call. I mean, <laughs> it was a breakaway. And, you know, you get one hand, you, you wrap one arm around the guy's waist on a breakaway. It doesn't matter if it's the first minute of the game or the 17th overtime. They're going to call that 10 times out of 10. But he wrapped up both arms. I mean, nobody was complaining, you know, except for Penguins fans. <laughs> but, I mean, that, was, that, that had to be called. He wrapped them up both arms. So the fact that Penguins fans are just furious about the officiating after six and a half games of the refs, just, you know, every, everything going their way is just absolutely hilarious and glorious this morning or yesterday morning or whatever. All right. So, uh, yeah, and as far as Crosby getting his head knocked off, uh, that's, you know, I, I, we've, we've talked about that hit. I, I think he ducked into it because he didn't want to take a body check like a man. Uh, you know, he's probably concussed. The league, if it wasn't Crosby, he probably would have been playing. I think he, I think he, you know, there's no way a guy like Crosby with his, with his uh, history of concussions sits out, leaves the game game five, sits out game six. That means he's concussed. So he probably had no business being there, and he was he was pretty much ineffective. Uh, I, you know, I don't I don't wish long term damage for the guy, of course, but he shouldn't even have been in the game. I think he, uh, you know, I think he's got a concussion, and if it wasn't Sidney Crosby, the league would have stepped in, kept him out. So there we go. That's my wrap up of uh, of, of game seven. Shout out to Scott, man. Thank you very much on that. Let's get Carl's thoughts on how he saw the series and, and the Blue Shirts. So there's a range of emotions because I'm thinking back to about the 10-minute mark of Game 5. And if you recall, the score was, what, 2 nothing. Nothing was really going on. The Garden, I thought, Scott, sounded like a funeral home. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> is this really going to end like this? And then the floodgates open, Crosby gets hurt before that, but then the floodgates open late in that period. And I said, all right, they got a chance here. Now, this is before we knew that Crosby was not going to play. But I was like, you know, they just, they need to get a little bit lucky here. And when that Crosby thing happened, that, that, I can't, I I can't, um, what's the best way I could put this? I can't separate Crosby not being there from the impact that that had in the series. Because there's a big part of me that still believes that if Crosby had played completely, they probably would have won game five. The way that game had been trending already, like this is something just was not, was not looking right about that. And, but they got the opening, they took advantage, and, and they you know, proceeded to go. Remember last week when we chatted, we, I went into the lab because I wanted to see exactly like, how bad the series had gone. And I remember there were some numbers I gave you, and I went back today, and I looked back at those numbers, and I wanted to compare those to what actually happened in the last three games of the series compared to what happened in the first four. So I looked at the scoring chance. We talked about this last week, 154 to 103 for Pittsburgh. In the final three games of the series, though, 
it was only 73 to 63 for Pittsburgh. So a much more manageable number than what it was before. High danger, 78 to 33 the first three games. The last three games, 36 to 25. Again, a much, it was much more manageable to work with those numbers, the last three, than the first three. The fact that they were up three games to one was no shock just based on that. And I remember when we also were chatting, I had given a couple of like theories as to what might be going on, whether it was underperformance, overperformance, undervalued. And I'm circling the one note that I put right here, the last one that I gave you guys, which was statistical fluke and crapshoot. And I think part of a lot of what may have happened in the first four games was just some, remember that one bad week theory that we've been talking about? You know, mm-hmm. the tra- it, it, it stands to reason that Igor was not going to continue to be as bad for longer than uh-huh. a week. And that also played a huge role in the turnaround of the series. You know, the, uh, sort of like a regression to the mean. Like, he, you know, in game five, I thought Igor played really well. Game six, given the circumstances, I thought he played really well. And in game seven, I thought he played tremendous. You know, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. was peppering him, and I was, uh-huh. I was angry that the Rangers were not getting enough shots on Tristan Jari, who had not played in a damn month because of a broken foot uh-huh. and was basically, you know, lounging out there, you know, with, with, a, with, a, with a Mai Tai and, and just staring at the, at the sun for most of the game. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, seriously? But be that as it may, they rallied. And, and a couple of other things that also played a role as well. I think we talked about Nemeth and Braun in the first four <laughs> games of the series. If uh-huh. you notice, I'm lo- I, looked at the, I looked at the ice time of those guys, Nemeth, after game four, when he played 18 minutes and seven seconds, played a grand total of one shift the last three games of the series. And that one happened to be when the crowd was, crowd was uh, celebrating the Rangers winning game five. He didn't play any more games the rest of the series. That was it. And that played a huge role in, in the way the defense played. You know, we've been on Nemeth all year. I've, you know, he's on my shit list with, uh, that, really since like December. But he probably should have started earlier. But as it played out, you know, him playing less, or none, and bronze numbers, we're looking at here, game five, 12, well, after 18 minutes in game four, 12 minutes game five, 10 minutes game six, eight minutes game seven, lesser of him as well compared to what he was playing before. Having less of that and more of the top guys being leaned on played a much better role in how the defensive coverage, um, you know, throughout the, the way the game was being played, played out. Having those guys on for big for, for reasonable minutes or large minutes was, was just never going to work the way Pittsburgh was playing. So those things played a big role in just the, the, sh- the shot suppression, the improved goalie play, the better defense. And then, of course, as we talked to you, I think it was Scott, I don't know if it was Scott or Ranger Proud that mentioned last week, the best players being the best players. You know, from, uh-huh. from Mika with the, two, with the two goals in game number six that got things going, the Panarin we talked about in game seven to end the game, Kreider to start off game seven, you know, Fox's first goal in game five that kind of got the crowd believing in something, you know, that, yeah. those, those things, those big players, you know, we were talking about, you know, the depth guys, but, you know, the, the bus drivers were those guys, and in the <laughs> last three games, they delivered the mail. Just to jump on what Carl was saying, all of that, what he said, it was dead on. And it shows the importance of Ryan Lindgren. Because when mm-hmm. he started, mm-hmm. he had to rely on Nemeth. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you something. Me too, RP. I don't, I don't 
I mean, we knew how important player he was, you know, in, in, yeah. in making Fox a better player and a better offensive player. But just from a defensive standpoint, just from that warrior mentality, how much did the Rangers miss Ryan Linger in those three games? And when he came back hurt or not, going to the locker room, coming back, just showing the team and, and showing wearing his heart on his sleeve through that game, it just shows you how important it is to have Lindgren in that lineup. Because, you know, like you guys said, a, a lot went our way towards the end. We couldn't stop that first line for anything until Crosby got hurt. And, and Gensel was still giving us fits. Mm-hmm. And then Lindgren coming back and, and a lot of things went. But you know, the one thing, guys, when Zimbabwe got scored that playing goal in game seven, the Rangers had mm-hmm. four third-period shots on goal. And that's something that Filipino acknowledged several times when they've interviewed him, and even Panarin said in, through his translator after he scored the, the game winner, they have to shoot the puck more and stop being this tic-tac-toe team because that doesn't work in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a backup goalie. We had a third-string goalie dominating us going into game five, which is why I was thrilled that Jari came back into the game in game seven because we played so much better against starting goaltenders than they do against backups and third strings where they always look like it's Ken Dryden and goal over there. So I, I think that was a, a, a Lindgren was a, a key to that one, to that series one. I totally agree with you, RP. I was actually going to say that about the return of Ryan Lindgren, but as far as the shots and I think it was frustrating because of the lack of shot on goal attempts, but I, I, I put it like this. I think in the eyes of Artemi Panarin, he looked like he had lanes, but he hesitated a lot because I think he didn't want his shot blocked mm-hmm. a lot of those times. But that's what made mm-hmm. the overtime goal so like a, a sigh of relief because he kind of he hesitated, but he then took the shot and it went in. And I think a yep. lot of what Pittsburgh was doing it frustrated the Rangers as far as the fourth chapter. I mean, they were really aggressive on it, and that's what Carolina's pretty much going to do starting on Wednesday. But I think the difference is. If the Rangers, I think the, I think Pittsburgh's fourth check in many ways is better than Carolina's. So the Rangers should be able to to um, handle the pressure and get into the neutral zone. Because what I what really frustrated me frustrated me RP and God and everybody, the neutral zone battles was getting we were getting clobbered in that area. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would be the case with Carolina. But the difference with Carolina, and this is where we transition to Carolina, their recovery speed is fantastic. See, see, the thing is, the way they forecheck and play, and they make you pressure, they're not as strong. I would say they're as strong, but not as effective how Pittsburgh gets up and down. That's why I thought it rattled the Rangers all seven games. It's, it, the Rangers did a great job. It's being outplayed, being it felt like the game is in Pittsburgh's offensive zone, it seems like 66% of the time. And they found creases or window openings and took advantage of all the opportunities possible. It's like they just got away uh, from robbing the bank. It, it, that's how it felt. Because to Carl's point, with the Crosby situation, him being out, played a role. I'm not even going to deflect on that or uh, or you know, deny that. I said all this to say, I like our chances versus Carolina. Now, it's a different animal because they have fours out the, I mean, they hit, they score, they got great goal tendon. Their penalty kill is way better than Pittsburgh's. So even we try to play into this power play situation. We played them three out of, you know, four times. They beat us three. Um, they got very top 
uh, special teams when it comes to the kill. So, RP, what are your thoughts? Is you know, looking at Carolina, we go to Glenn, we go to Scott, and then go to Carl. I am optimistic because the way I look at it, RP, we didn't play our best hockey and we won, and that's a big sign for me. But and I like their chances. Like it can't get any worse. I don't see it unless injuries and things like that. Don't say that. Don't say that. I think I, I like our, I like our chances. I'm also you know pro Rangers, so you always think you have a good chance. But I don't think the matchup is as bad when the regular season ended. You know we were one and three against them, but the regular season's a different animal altogether than, than the playoffs. And like I said before, I think. As a whole, this team found their, their mojo, you could say. They they know what they have to do. They have to give get more shots. They, they can't give up all the scoring opportunities and high-quality chances that Pittsburgh had to Carolina. Because Sturkin can't make 255 saves in, in a seven-game series. And, and I know a lot of people are saying, well, there was an overtime period. It was three periods. But you also got to remember, Sturkin got pulled in both of game three and four, he only played in three periods in Pittsburgh in games three and four. So it kind of evened itself out to seven games. And, and 255 shots against uh, 255 saves is just it's, it's ridiculous. So they're going to have to really tighten down on, on their defensive structure of the five-player unit. And we saw a lot of that in, in, in game six and game seven when they started to really tighten up, we were never out of those games, even though we were down by two goals, because they played much better defense. And you play better defense by having a better forecheck, by better play in your neutral zone, much better play in your own defensive end. So they're going to have to figure out a way to shut down the speed of, of Carolina. Their special teams are very good. But like Coach Gallant said, the Ranger, this Ranger team could beat anybody in the NHL when they're playing the way you saw them play the last three games. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you go into the series saying, oh, Carolina has this huge advantage because they won the Metropolitan Division and uh, this or that. I think this is going to be a, a tight series. I think it's going to go six games at least. And, and I think the Rangers are just, if they can just play their game from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, each game, I think they have an excellent chance of, of taking the series. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of things they have to work on between now and then. Their, their power play Yes, you know, they were one for four in game seven, and it was the game winner in overtime. But special teams win in the playoffs. And that penalty killing has to get better, and that power play has to get to where it was earlier when they weren't so precise with the puck. You know, get the puck on net, get Kreider in front to get those rebounds, get Zimbabwe open to get those long, hard, low shots that cause rebounds. And hopefully from that area, they'll get some goals and get some momentum, and they, they should be successful. Now, uh, RP, you have anything you want to ask uh, Glenn, who's next, as far as how he's looking at uh, upcoming series versus the Hurricanes? Or what do you, you anything you want to ask uh, Glenn? Or yeah, so, good so Glenn, go how, for all you guys, how are the X-Ranges, which is a huge storyline in this game, going to do against us? From Auntie Ranta, who they already said is going to play the whole series, to Jesper Fast, who we know is a great penalty killer and an overall good player, to the whole Tony D'Angelo who's been playing really well and Brady Shea and Derek Stepan. You know, this has that storyline that could be, you know, the X ranges blow out the current ranges. So how do you think that's gonna go? Well, you know, I mean we know we know what Foss brings. Um, 
You know, he's a he's a he, he's a type of player that you know this team missed when he left. And uh, you know, we, we know that uh, you know how good he is defensively, how good he is at penalty killing, how good he is at you know breaking up plays and sending the team the other way. So he's he's the one that I'm probably the most concerned about. Uh, D'Angelo also on the penalty kill, and you know how he is. He's gonna uh, you know really be worked up to want to beat the Rangers with the way how things uh, ended for him here. Um, I think it's kind of funny that all these Rangers who, uh, all these ex-Rangers who are playing on a team, it's like half of their, uh, half of their team when they're out there uh, have done so well uh, and, and didn't quite do anything didn't, uh, other than step on, didn't really have much success when they were here. Uh, but they're having a lot of success in, uh, in Carolina uh, I didn't know that Auntie Ronta that was going to play the whole series if Freddie Anderson is still out. Um, you know, I mean the thing, the thing with Auntie Ronta, I mean he's he's played well, I mean, and but I'm kind of surprised that he's made it this far because he's uh, kind of made a glass. And uh, you know, we'll have to see as the series goes on, uh, something happens with him uh, if if they rush Freddie Anderson back if they can, or or do we see another third string goaltender? Uh, playing uh, for Carolina, but um, you know I, I'm I'm going into the series a lot more confident. I think, like uh, Carl said, uh, that, than I would have been in the last uh, couple of weeks or so of the season. Uh, I think they've got a good shot at at, uh, at beating Carolina. I think uh, Shesterkin is back on his game. Uh, I thought he did a great job overcoming those two uh, lousy games and all the chanting and everything else. Uh, that that happened in Pittsburgh, um, and uh, you know I think the big guys realize. You know you watch you watch all the uh, post game interviews, and all the guys are saying, "Oh, we got to shoot more. We got to get more pucks than that." Uh, Panarin said, "Everybody told me to shoot more. I should listen to them." Um, and uh, when they do that, they have success. And I don't know why they get away from that sometimes. Uh, I, I agree with what what uh, RP said or Steve said. I don't think we've played our best game 60 minutes in that series at all. Um, we had great periods. We had great spurts. Uh, but I don't think they really uh, played a, a, a consistent, complete game in uh, in the entire Pittsburgh series. And uh, I'm hoping that they're going to be able to, to do that against Carolina because they're going to need to against this team. So, uh, uh, you know, I think – I think the X-Rangers are a great storyline. Uh, I'm going to be watching them all to see what they do. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I think, I think it's just going to be a, a, a long, tight series. I really do. Okay. Glenn, you have a question? We'll throw RP's question on top of that to Scott. Um, let's see. It took me by surprise here a little bit, Steve. Um, uh, let's see. Um I mean, I, I, I guess really kind of the same thing because I think that's the, the, the storyline of this game, of this series, is, uh, um, you know, what, what, what the X-Rangers are going to do, how worked up they're going to be, how odd it may feel for them to be playing playoff games in, in Madison Square Garden. Um, and, and I agree with Scott. I mean, he was there, obviously, but you could tell on TV the crowd at the Garden on Sunday night was different than we've seen in a long time. It was more like the old days. Uh, you you could hear it coming right through the screen. So uh, how, how do you think that playing at the Garden might affect some of the X-Rangers uh, during the series? 
Ooh, good question. Um, I don't think it's going to mean much to them. I mean, it's already been a few years. Uh, <clears throat> the good news is, <clears throat> excuse me, the good news is none of them are Zuccarello. So we're not going to yeah. have to worry about any, uh, <laughs> you know, great chance anytime. I mean, these guys are the enemy. They're wearing red. We're wearing blue. They're wearing yeah. red. The good, you yeah. know, I've, I've said my piece about the Zuccarello thing. I, I, I don't like it anyway. But um, so the good news is they, they, we don't have that going for Maybe, maybe D'Angelo gets a little, I don't know. Who knows? You know, maybe, you know, they introduce him. They, they give, him, give him a nice little ovation and then move on, um, you know, uh, I, I don't see it being, you, you know, I think once the puck drops, I think, uh, well, I mean, by the time it gets to the garden, it's already going to be game three. Who knows? Right. You know, right. if, you know, if games one and two, God forbid, go the way that games one and two did for Carolina in the first round, because, uh, you know, that, that series went seven, but Carolina just blew them out of the water in those first two, um, you know, it's going to be a, a different crowd. Who knows? Uh, so, I don't know what to expect. I don't think it's really going to be an issue. Like I said, I I don't see it being like a Zuccarello type of situation. Um, Now, that being said, uh, so the good news is, like we talked about, the Rangers got better. The Rangers uh, came together. They're they're gelling more. They look more like a playoff team those last three games. Uh, The bad news is, so far, they're not good enough. I don't want to say they're not good enough. That's not what I meant. They're not playing good enough to be to win this series. Now, that's not the like. I totally believe they can win this series. Don't get me wrong. So, uh, you know, I want I want this to come out, you know, sounding properly. But so far, they have not played well enough. Not one. Not one game. Maybe game two would have been good enough to beat Carolina. But, you know, it's a growing process. It's a learning process. This is this whole playoff thing is new to the team. That's the good news about this series, about being pushed to the limit like this uh, and having, you know, the, the whole 3-1 thing. I mean, they're on cloud nine right now. So, you know, they got the playoff experience out of their way. Uh, they they got to, you know, these guys that have never been in the playoffs before now have a series and a half. Uh, you know, experience in that one series. Uh, you know, they've been pushed to the limit. Uh, you know, the whole no quit in New York thing. I mean, it's a very applicable, uh, uh, you know, they, they proved it again, uh, how applicable uh, of a motto that is for these guys. Um, you know, great, you know, Shesterkin had never been in the playoffs before. That might have uh, had something to do with the, the way he played early on. as compared. And, and, you know, we, we've talked about that, too. I'm not laying it all out of his feet uh, because the defense had let him down. They let, they, even in the games we won, they let him down. Um, uh, you know, Lynn, Lynn Green, I, I don't think he's 100%, but obviously him back in the lineup, uh, you know, the moment he got back in there, you know, Fox had, uh, I think, six points in the last three games. He had the, the goal, that uh, the first goal that got it going in game five, four assists in game six, and then the assist on the game winner. So, uh, you know, Fox can be Fox with Lindgren back in there. And, uh, he didn't practice today, but they said it was just maintenance. You know what, dude, let, let him sleep. Don't even wake him up. Just let him sleep all day. <laughs> Um, so that's the good news is that, uh, you know, all these jitters and the lack of experience, they got that out of the way, uh, that they got playoff adversity, uh, backs to the wall out of the way. Uh, Igor faced uh, a very hostile crowd in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, I give that crowd a lot of credit. Uh, maybe they got under his skin. Maybe it was the defense, you know, whatever, whatever it was. Uh, he was, he got lit up a couple times, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, I, he's going to face a very – he's going to face an even louder crowd. Uh, you know, for some reason, Carolina does not get the respect, both on the ice and, and, you know, as a fan base. They're not getting the respect that they deserve. I mean, that is a that is one of the loudest arenas in the league. Make no mistake. Everybody, you know, 
for some reason, the whole Southern thing, you know, you talk to, to uh, Canadian fans and they, they don't really acknowledge, you know, hockey below the Mason-Dixon line. But, you know, make no mistake, that is, that's not Florida Panthers, you know, bandwagon, uh, you, you know, type of crowd. That is a very dedicated, loyal, proud fan base, and they are loud in that building. Uh, the good news is they're a little friendlier crowd, so we, you know, may, may, maybe they pick up on the Igor thing from Pittsburgh and do it themselves. But they're uh, they're a little bit more respectful <laughs> oh, down God. there, so maybe they don't. I don't know, but uh, that's going to be a loud building to play in. That's a very tough place to win. Uh, so, you know, and so getting back so, to the, uh, you know, they're, 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 they haven't played well enough. Um, you know, the Rangers had those great periods, like. Uh, uh, like the second period of game three when they came back from, from four, four to one, uh, you know, where they were just able to turn it on at the drop of a hat. Uh, the, you know, the second period in game uh, six where they got the three straight goals, uh, game five. So, you know, th- those are great. And, and they don't need to have three periods of a game like that, but they cannot have the periods that preceded those. Uh, that's just not – you're not coming back from that on Carolina. You're just not. You know, 2 nothing. The, the, a 2 nothing lead with Carolina is basically a 3 nothing lead against anyone else. Uh, you, you know, they have to come out. They can't do this, you know, lollygagging, taking their time, weather the storm type of first periods. You can't do that against Carolina. They obviously were able to do it against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh wasn't able to, to uh, you know, to put the final nail in the coffin in those games, and, and, and it cost them. That's not going to work this time around because Carolina just doesn't let up leads. They're, they're like a pit bull. They they get their you know they get their jaws on you. They are not letting go. So the Rangers cannot come out the way that they've been coming out in these games. Now again, <clears throat> we can attribute a lot of this to uh, you know first first playoffs jitters back you know back in back in relevancy for the first time in a long time. Whatever. The good news is they got it out of their system. This was a great series to get all those jitters and experience out of the way. <clears throat> now it's time to get serious because. The way that they've been starting these games, that's not going to fly this time around. This, this is, you know, I've been saying since the, our first preseason show, Carolina was my Stanley Cup favorite. Uh, I have no reason to. Uh, they've given me no reason to uh, to switch teams. Uh, that being said, you know, it's the playoffs. Anybody can beat anybody, and I think we we are getting better. But um, they need to get much better than even the best that they've been in this series to compete against Carolina. They can do it. They can do it. I, I I'm a believer. I absolutely believe they can, but they haven't shown it just yet. Uh, hopefully, they got to come out. Uh, this is my favorite term on this show. They got to come out asses on fire to start this thing, or at least start every game like that. They got to get the lead. That's the key. Get the lead. That doesn't mean they're going to keep the lead, but they got a much better chance of winning the game, getting the lead, than chasing Carolina because Carolina does not let up leads very often. Hey, I'm glad you brought up that point because I was going to say something else to you, Scott. Uh, that was frustrating watching that in the Pittsburgh season. Every time the Rangers got a lead, it seemed like they gave it up right back. How long can we sustain yeah. leads and get, continue momentum? What are your thoughts on that? Well, the defense has to get better. Um, you know, Igor definitely kept them in these games. Um, and again, you know, Pittsburgh, this is, you know, this is still a dangerous Pittsburgh team, obviously, but this is a shell of their Stanley Cup teams. Uh, whereas Carolina you know, has been building to the, you know, Pittsburgh is, you know, had their peak and they're on the way out of this era. Uh, Carolina is at their peak. So they cannot, you know, they, they've got to be perfect. They pretty much have to be perfect for 50 minutes 
They cannot have those periods. They and yeah, they uh, you know get the goal and get the next goal, or at least sustain the pressure. Too many times, not only did we see the Rangers. Um, you know, uh, kind of take their foot on the gas and let and let uh, Pittsburgh come right back. They didn't take advantage of momentum. Like game five, when, when Pittsburgh starts off with a full two-minute, two-man advantage, you kill that off. You've got the crowd going nuts on your side. you got to, you know, if you, if you don't get a goal, at least you've you, you got to tilt the ice after something like that. You know, 24 seconds into the game, and you kill off a full two-man, and they did it beautifully. It wasn't just Pittsburgh being ineffective. The Rangers were phenomenal on that five-on-three or three-on-five, and, and they did nothing to capitalize it. That they that they gotta they gotta capitalize on this momentum when they get that crowd into the game, or in a situation like that, if it's on the road, it's going to take their crowd out of the game. That's when you got to tilt the ice the other way. They haven't been doing that. Uh, that's something they got to work on. But again, it's you know. They are getting better. Uh, I'm very excited about tomorrow night, but, uh, you know, they definitely need to, to step it up uh, at least a couple matches from anything that we've seen so far. All right, let's go to Carl and get his thoughts. Uh, Carl, uh, any former Ranger impact that you see? Any matchup concerns with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes in this series? And then after you speak, we'll go back around for final thoughts, not just our series, but get mm-hmm. thoughts on the other series that happened with these Game 7s and these series in session right now, Lightning and Panthers, Blues and Avalanche, Battle of Alberta, Canada. Man, this is a great playoff, man. Go ahead, Carl. The Slave and D'Angelo combination is something that has me one going in. Like, can Those two guys produced eight points each in the first round against Boston, and and especially in the home games, you know, they had a, a tremendous impact. And I just wonder whether or not, you know, the Rangers have the ability to sort of slow that down. And I think that will, will kind of, you'll probably in the first, eh, I can't, I, I can't even say the first two games. Cause I, I think they might, this might be just like the Carolina's previous series where it's, where it's a home and home series for a while and then something's going to break. So that's why I'm going to be very careful not to take, anything too dramatic out of the first two games of this series coming up here. But that is the one key um, to, to, to watch. Can the Rangers, because what we saw in the last series is that the Crosby, Gensel, Rust line put so much pressure on, on the Rangers defense. They, I mean, it, how, I mean, if you guys took, took a guess, like how, when they were on the ice, did they basically dominate their, their, their time of play with, 65 to 70 percent of the time would that be a fair assessment like it's it that's the number i would put on it of how dominant they were when they were on the ice and can can the can the whether it be the uh, criders advantage at patrona line or the panarin strum can one of those two lines be what that was in the first series can can we come out of, uh, you know, after a couple of these games and say, listen, this particular line is just killing Carolina. Can that happen? I don't know the answer to that question just yet, because as we talked about it, you know, last week and, you know, there was about a good, you know, three, four games here where we're just like, yo, where are these guys? And I'm like, I feel like we, we have to get one of these three lines to be, you know, and the kid line was tremendous as it, as it, as it ended up surprising all of us, really, if you think about it, but one of those top two lines has to be a force to put some dramatic pressure on Carolina's defense to get them thinking. 
because if if they if there's going to be the sort of whims between the the the, the, the top players again, uh, the series I think is is not going to go uh, as well as we would hope. You know, Pittsburgh was just flawed enough for the Rangers to take advantage of their issues. You know, whether it be injuries, whether it be you know age, whether it be a, a whole bunch of, of other factors that they had independent of the guys getting hurt. But, you know, Pittsburgh had – there was a reason why Pittsburgh finished third as it played out, you know, in, in the end. So that's something that I'm, I'm looking at. The, the goalie situation with, with Ranta, the information that I've gotten so far on that is that Anderson is expected, not, you know, not going to return sometime in the middle of the series, whenever that might be. It could be at the Garden, probably game four, or it might be in game five. That's what they're projecting as it stands right now. The coach right now – is not taking any questions on, on that situation. But, you know, hey, give Ronta credit. You know, he did very well in Game 7. Uh, he did more, more of the home games than the road games, but that's the thing. I think the first series for Carolina, and I think really for a lot of teams, unless you were in um, Colorado, first series is always going to be the hardest probably compared to everything else. You know, there's that adrenaline, there's that energy part. And so Boston, did Boston overperform? I guess you could, I, I would say that. Um, but, as, as, as you know, Carolina's been my team. Uh, to win it all from the beginning. I haven't changed on that either. The betting market certainly favors Carolina. I think they're minus 10 in the sports book right now. Um, so that's what they are, a very prohibitive. They're the second highest favorite of all the, of the four series that are being played this round. And if you took the, 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 the money line on the last uh, series, you were 6-1-1 one, one in betting. So the, the, the betting markets are pretty good in terms of figuring out these results. And they, I, guess, I guess the one – that was the tie was the Ranger Pittsburgh series where it was even money going into the series, depending on the sports book you, you picked out. So I, I think Carolina's favorite. I think the series in my head has a, a, a six game feel with both teams winning the first four games at home. And then game five is where this series, I think makes the, uh, makes the shift in either direction. But I did want to pose something to all of you guys, because you guys are mm-hmm. talking about this as well. And I'll, I'll kind of pose it this way. Do you believe the Rangers can win this series? And what I mean by win, I mean like a situation where they outplay Carolina, or do you think the Rangers can steal the series? I feel like those are B. two different things. B. Delad. Steal. Win. I'm going to go with steal. <laughs> steal. Steal. I think if, I think if Toronto doesn't go, they, they, they can win the series. To me, it doesn't matter. I got to be honest with you, because yeah, you but need I'm, to have I'm, the hot goalie to steal games. Question. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, mean, I get what you're saying, Carl. I, I think they fashion. could. Yeah, I, I think they could win the series. I think they they showed me enough in those games the way they they can play that they can. I, I don't know if they, they they can have the first line to dominate. If Zabanajad continues to play the way he ended with Kreider and either Paterno or Lafreniere, whoever they put up there on that other side. Um, if Goudreau comes back, which is an interesting thing that people haven't been speaking about, mm-hmm. um, the way Tyler Mott played in game six and seven, I think they can win the series. It'd be more fun and a little bit less stressful if they could win it instead of stealing it. But just remember, Carolina, like Carl said, they, haven't, they didn't win any road games in, in the first round. And that's, you know, as good as you're playing, you can't rely on just winning your home games because of your home advantage because the Rangers are a very good road team. Take away from Carolina, but the Rangers had a successful season on the road. They know how to play on the road. 
I think they learned from the Penguin series a lot. I, I think the Penguin series is a huge learning curve for the team. I, I think they yeah, the series. And to add on to that, RP, before we go around for final thoughts, man, like that Pittsburgh home crowd was loud. I mean, Carolina was loud the last couple of seasons. That first round last year versus Nashville, they were loud versus Boston. But I, that Pittsburgh was a – that was a beast, man. That All three of yeah, those games they were. And that is battle-tested as it gets. Let me just say one more thing before we go to Glenn for final thoughts. Uh, let's not forget about the acquisitions they made at their deadline to get Max Domi. Now, we talked about former Rangers, whether – I don't know, you know, probably Ty Domi's probably going to be rooting for Max Domi, of course. But you know deep down, a lot of Ranger fans back in the 90s were Ty Domi uh, supporters because of his, uh, you know, brawling and fighting and all that stuff. So you got that playing along as far as former Ranger connections. Brendan Smith was with the Rangers after he left the Red Wings. Uh, he's, he's down there. I mean, it, it's a lot of pieces, man. Man, I, that first line is deadly as it gets in the in, in the East, if not the entire NHL. It's probably behind Colorado, and that, and that's that's something to say because it's it's hard to say it was was better than the top line than the Pittsburgh Penguins when we saw Gensel and, and Crosby and Russ. I mean, you, I mean, they bring in uh, Seth Jarvis has had a fantastic season. He's a energy on that on that wing as well. But our uh, let's go to Glenn and get his final thoughts. And now Glenn, any final thoughts to your thoughts on our series, but also if you want to recap anything you saw in the game seven series of the first round and also these upcoming series, if you get it in all in like two minutes, we'll go to Scott, go to Carl, go to RP and we we'll wrap up. Oh as fast as I can. Uh, I think uh you know one thing to remember is that uh, as as happy as we are with the progress and the experience that the young players have gotten on this team that a lot of the veterans on this team don't have an extensive playoff um, experience either. Kreider does, but uh, Zibanejad, even Truba, uh, Panarin haven't played a lot of playoff games. So uh, I, I think this was great for them too. So I think that's encouraging. One thing that worries me is that, you know, the, early in the series, uh, the Crosby line was, was playing so well that it almost neutralized uh, the Zibanejad uh, Kreider line. Um, I don't know who else uh, Gallant would want to uh, match up with the Ajo line, but I'm concerned that, uh, you know, if they, if, I, I mean, they stepped up when Crosby went out, and, and that changed the whole dynamic of that matchup, I think. Um, I don't know if, if they're, uh, when they're home at least, if they're going to try and match up with the Ajo line the same way. And I, and I hope that, uh, you know, that the uh, – the top line is the Banajad line will, will play uh, as aggressive as they did in the last two or three games of the Pittsburgh series and not be neutralized worrying about playing defense so much. Uh, so that's one thing that I'm concerned about. Also concerned about, uh, uh, you know, D'Angelo has been great on the power play. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have – their power play has not been great lately, uh, but the penalty kill is going to have to be – uh, terrific for us. If Goudreau comes back, that's fantastic. Uh, I think Tyler Mott coming back uh, in those mm-hmm. last couple of games, you know, we had that breakaway. Uh, I remember a couple of uh, icings that he negated with his speed. Uh, a couple of times he went into the corner and, uh, you know, was uh, uh, kind of, uh, you know, holding on to the puck in, in penalty kills and everything. I, I think he's a, a key uh, for the penalty kill as well. Um, and, and I think that we probably – won't see a lot of Reeves. I don't know what you guys think, but I don't know that there's a reason to play Reeves. I mean, uh, uh, Carolina is such a fast team, and if you got Mott back, 
uh, his speed can kind of help there on the fourth line too. So those are a couple of things that I'm looking for. Uh, as far as the crowd goes, that is a tough crowd down there. They're very into their hockey, more than you would ever think. I'm wondering if you guys saw that there was an announcement that uh, the uh, uh, Hurricanes box office is not selling tickets uh, to anyone yeah. who has a credit card outside the uh, Virginia, North Carolina area codes or zip codes. So uh, they're pulling that, which I think Tampa did a few years ago to, to keep any opposing fans out of the arena. We'll have to see how that goes. Uh, but uh, uh, so that's kind of, that's kind of funny to me that they're afraid of having uh, uh, other fans come in and take over the building. But uh, as far as the, the upcoming series go, boy, I, I think St. Louis and Colorado is going to be the the series to watch. I think that's going to be a fantastic series. Uh, I think that's for sure going seven. Uh, Tampa just, uh, I've had it on while we've been talking. Sorry about my voice, guys. I've been yelling, you know, a lot the last few games, so sorry about that. Uh, But uh, I think St. Louis and Colorado is going to be tremendous. I don't know that Edmonton and Calgary is the rivalry that it was back in the 80s, but, uh, you know, the fans are certainly going to be into it, and, uh, you know, that's probably going to get the players into it more, and that's probably going to be a real uh, hot, contested series as well. I just saw Tampa beat uh, Florida 4-1. Didn't have the sound on, but they looked like they did it pretty uh, easily. So I'm not sure how that series is going to go. We've been talking about Florida uh, built as a a regular season team and not so much a playoff team. And, uh, you know, I'm always skeptical about Bob. So I don't think that series is going to be as interesting as the other three will be. Shout out to Glenn, man. Thank you very much. Let's get Scott's thoughts. Give us a quick two minutes as we wrap up. Shout out to uh, Glenn, man. Go ahead, Scott. Final thoughts. Yeah, I I don't – everybody's making a big deal. They're like Ranger fans are making such a big deal about this – this, uh, you know, trying to keep Ranger fans out of the building. I, I don't see the problem with it um, because I've been to a bunch of games down there. Yeah, first of all, they're not the first team to do it. Um, and and I've, I've been to a bunch of games down there. We're going to own that building. I mean, we, 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 we own that building. you got a lot of transplants, plus it's it's a reasonable, uh, you know, drive. And I was telling Steve this morning, I was very, very close to going myself. I got a friend down there that I would have stayed with. And as far as what Ticketmaster's doing or the box office doing, it's not going to make a difference because I was looking on TickPick on the secondhand market, which they can't control. You know, they can only do it to the box office. So if you, if you, if you want to get them from New York, you know, you don't mind. And, and, and the tickets are not that much more. It was $105 for the upper deck corners, $105 for games one and two. I mean, that's nothing compared to what we're paying. So if Ranger fans want to go, they're going to go. Uh, and I think maybe not tomorrow. There might be some people down there, you know, the transplants. But I think Friday night, uh, we're going to own that building. Uh, I really do. Um, you know, it's a noble effort. Again, I, I think it's funny. I, you know, and, and they're right to do it because, you know, they, they are a very proud fan base. They're proud of it. But with tickets being that cheap compared to what we're used to paying up here, it's a no-brainer if you have the means. Uh, that is $105 is absolutely nothing. Uh, you know, and we're talking about, you know, $150, $200 for the lower bowl, uh, you know, as opposed to $500 just to get in the house uh, the other night. So, um, yeah, you know, noble effort. It's not going to make a difference. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad that uh, somebody brought up uh, Tyler Moffian back in and Goodrow possibly coming back because that was, you know, we were talking about Lindgren and how big of a deal that was. Uh, you know, Goodrow, we just lost that physicality. There was no forecheck. You know, Goodrow's the guy, obviously, the playoff experience, the two cups, but he's the guy that generates the energy. He, you know, I'm, 
with the exception of like a Reeves type of guy who we're not going to see much. Uh, like I forgot who was just on who said that. That's that's accurate because we don't have um, you know they don't really have like the fighting. Uh, you know, we, they don't have like a goon type of player that we need a Reeves, uh, and we we need more speed to keep up with them. So that entered uh, Goodrow, and I think Mott coming back to provide that physicality and that speed and that forechecking down the, in those last two games really w- was a difference. And if we get Goodrow back, that's that's going to be huge. The series that I'm most uh, excited about is, is the Calgary Edmonton. Uh, you know, that 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 battle with Alberta is, is a huge deal. Uh, you know, in the hockey world. And, you know, I think, it, it, well, in Canada, of course, but uh, it, I think in overall in the hockey world, that's a bigger that's bigger than Rangers Islanders. Obviously not to us, but I think in the grand scheme of things. So that's uh, that's that's a huge, huge rivalry. I got a friend out there. He's, uh, you know, in Calgary. He's you know, obviously excited. Uh, just pure hatred for those teams, just like we have for the Islanders, Devils, and, and whatnot. So I'm very excited. It, it stinks that that game is going to be after our game, because, uh, you know, if we lose, I'm going to be in no mood to watch another hockey game that <laughs> night. Um, and if we win, uh, you know, I'll probably watch some of it. Uh, you know, I'm just going to be burnt out either way. So uh, I don't know how much I will get to watch of it. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited. And, and, you know, McDavid is just ridiculous to watch. And that's a very good Calgary team, too. Uh, I, if anybody can knock off Colorado and come out of the West, I don't know if they can. But I think if anybody can – it is Calgary, uh, so I'm pretty excited about the uh, the Alberta Civil War, as my friend is calling it. Shout out to Scott. Thank you very much. We'll go to Carl, but to say that, uh, Scott, as far as St. Louis, man, I think they probably have the most balanced lines left. I mean, those teams have advantages and strengths, maybe top-heavy, but as far as scoring and the straight top nine, it don't get more balanced than St. Louis. That's why it makes the the Colorado series really interesting. I see they're up because I saw Ryan O'Reilly uh, score. But let's go to Carl and get his thoughts on our our team and the rest of the playoffs and to get back on RP and his final thoughts. Yeah, guys, you know, as we say goodbye here, you know, I thought the season was validated on Sunday uh, when the Rangers won that game and won that series. It, everything, you know, about a year ago at this point, this point, I think it was me, you, Steve, and I think I don't know if I don't know if it was Scott and Glenn where, when we were talking about all the changes and the firing and stuff like that. You know, trying to get back to the playoffs, trying to figure out how they can maneuver in this tough division, and they figured out a way to do it this season and validated it with a, a playoff round victory. So anything to me, at least after this, is hey, listen, it's it's gravy. You know, you obviously you want to win, but the all the moves that were made last year to pull up this year. All were justified. So from that standpoint, um, I, I, you know, everything else now, let's let's play and just have some fun with it. I wanted to give a couple of stars out for the uh, playoff series here. Um, my man down here, the Dallas Stars goalie, Jake Ottinger. Uh, my goodness. I, I, mm-hmm. I felt so bad for him. It was after our game. So some of you guys may not have been able to see this, but um, the Dallas Stars, who are my local team, the AEC right up the street here, they had their game seven against Calgary. And this goalie, was for seven games, incredible. I don't know how. At one, he saved 272 shots in seven games. And at one point mm-hmm. in the game seven against Calgary, Dallas was being outshot 43 to 12, and the game was tied. I don't know how the hell that was happening. And unfortunately, you know, you know, they, they lose the game in overtime. They lose the series in seven games. But hey, I wanted to give him his flowers because that performance that he had over all those games was just. Unreal. Just needed some support. Connor McDavid, Game Seven. Those last two games of that series against LA, 14 points in seven games. Incredible. Tremendous. We get to see him more now 
as they play Calgary. Um, you mentioned the, Cal- the Colorado series. I was surprised when I saw the betting line because I thought that series was pretty even. And I saw Colorado coming into the series as minus 400. I mean, they're literally not giving St. Louis a chance. And so I'm, I'm curious as to where that is coming from, but I'm, I'll, I'll lay low on that. Um, and then t- the other uh, team I wanted to give some was Tampa Bay. This <laughs> team is playing on muscle memory right now. That theory should not have happened the way it did. But I knew when they got the Game 7 in Toronto, as someone who has, you know, followed the Leafs for, man, since I was, what, 12 years old, I knew. I, 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 I texted my buddy. I said, I, said, I know what's going to happen. I said, this crowd is going to be a combination of fearful and trying to cheer on at the same time. And it sounded just exactly that way. They knew what was about to happen, and it did happen. And unfortunately for the Leafs, it didn't work out. Late. But for Tampa Bay, I mean, this team, you know, I feel like, guys, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like if things play right between those two teams, I feel like we have some unfinished business that needs mm. to be addressed from seven years ago that we need yeah. to kind of ex- ex- get out of the we – need, we, need we need some closure on, on that fateful night at the Garden on that Friday in, in, in late May. I feel like we, this needs to happen. And I hope, hopefully it does. But, um, hey, listen, it all gets going uh, tomorrow night. And if I have this correct, uh, Steve, are we doing a post-game, our first, our first Ranger post-game playoff edition on Tuesday? Do I have this correct? I would say first, but uh, we'll be on here Tuesday, no matter, uh, you know, after the game. Does the game uh, – so it'll be so, – yeah, it'll be game four then. So it should be here, yeah. Depends, yeah. Depends how many overtimes, right, Steve? Yeah. Oh, oh, that, oh, that's right. That's right. We were oh, supposed yeah, to do that. game one with Pittsburgh. Yeah, screw that. Yeah, it was late. It was like after midnight, man. Yeah, man, screw that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it ain't no, uh, like, five overtime crap like it, that game one, uh, uh, Carl, then, yeah, we'll, or we could just bump it to the next day if we have to like we did. So we could play like that as well. Okay. But yeah, oh, well, oh, yeah, but do right like, on about Do like I did, Carl. If, if you call it after the game and nobody's here, then you know it's off. We're doing the next night. There you go. <laughs> Shout out to Carl. That's what good, I did. Good point on that. Uh, let's get RP's final thoughts because we got to wrap up. we got some games to watch. RP, final thoughts from you, sir. And anything, uh, I'll be on Twitter to watch you uh, uh, keep the peace with Rangerstown. Uh, there's no keeping the peace with Rangerstown. I just keep writing and let them bitch and moan. It's, it's more fun that way. <laughs> Bad PR is better than OPR. Um, just with the Rangers, you know, new series, get the same result. First one of four wins. That's all that matters, whether we steal it, earn it. As long as we move on to the Eastern Conference Finals, I'll be happy. But like Carl said, this is all gravy. Since last year, we weren't even talking about playoffs. So it's been a hell of a lot of fun. And it was the public this tomorrow night. And really quick around the league, how about Toronto Maple Leafs losing 50 years in a row against seven at home? Man. What's the purpose of home ice advantage if you can't take advantage of one of those series? Five straight years, it's just a uh, it's a damn shame. You know, you, you got to feel bad for them. A 60-goal scorer and guys like Mitch Marner on the team, they, they just can't find a way to win a game seven. It's it's ridiculous. But uh, that's hockey, so I guess you just got to – it could always be worse, you know, guys? And uh, keep calling me on Ranger Proud, Facebook, Twitter, Forever Bleachers, Empire Sports Media. I'll keep trying to write articles every day as long as my job allows it. And uh, appreciate all the support. It's great talking with you guys. It's an awesome forum. And uh, I can't wait to hopefully next Tuesday night talk about hopefully being up 3-1, maybe. 
maybe be a little easy. Probably not. But uh, I'll talk to you guys next week, and you have a good night. Hey, we'll be back next Tuesday. Shout out to RP. Uh, my final thoughts, and to carry over to to me. I mean, I hate it. It sucks for Toronto. It is what it is. But I mean, this is Tampa Bay, and if you watch a lot of the game, like I did, you know, Kucherov had his way tonight uh, versus. Um, uh, ten, uh, versus uh, the Florida Panthers. Now, now I, I got to go off on a tangent a little bit. I, to, to this day, I still don't understand why we gave up on Anthony Duclair, or a lot of teams gave up on him. I mean, he, he's a scoring threat. He's a scoring talent. But tonight's game, like, to be what I said, this is the Tampa Bay Lightning. See, I can understand the, the letdown of Toronto versus Montreal. That was, should not have happened. And I know Montreal was hot as it gets, and they, they, they fell. Uh, in the finals, or however that you know that 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 the weird schedule they did for the, the Stanley Cup playoff brackets, but T- Tampa Bay is still Tampa Bay. There's the two times. I mean, they still have the, the core there: Kucherov, Stamkos, and Stamkos. Remember last year, he didn't play a lot. He didn't came back till late. Uh, Palat, um, uh, Alex Killorn. I mean, like you said, Carl. A lot of those guys are still on his team seven years later. And they, I'm not trying to overlook Carolina because there's no way I should be in position to do that. It's going to be, I hate to sound cliche, man, one game, one period, one shift at a time. And let's go Rangers. Uh, shout out to Glenn, Scott, Carl, RP, myself, uh, the Ring, Co- uh, Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. We'll be back next Tuesday to discuss. Uh, let's have some fun and enjoy the playoffs. This has been fantastic, man. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, Blee Blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blue, 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 blue,